0: Good morning. Good morning. This is me and my wife, Jesse, on this week's Led by the Word. We are in Second Samuel, starting in chapter 11. Yes. I stopped before 13 because it's kind of two separate stories.
1: I do as well. Yeah. Just,
0: okay. Yeah. So we're really just hitting two chapters this week. Thank you so much. Sorry we missed last week. We're so excited to be back on track. This is a wild story. This is unbelievable. Um,. One of the things I I just want to say this, and I'm I'm kind of going to be like a broken record saying this over and over again, is God is, his mercy is limitless. Amen. Now, consequence, consequence is also limitless. We see this many, many a times with sin. But God's mercy and his willingness to use us and his willingness to forgive us is unmatched by anything on this world. I'm going to turn it over to Jesse. Let her start us out in this and we're going to run through this.
1: I, well, I love what you've already said about the Lord's mercies being unending. Um, for those of you who don't know, a lot of what we teach here at Led by the Word, we teach a lot of the core things in our Sunday school class, like the following week. So I was getting that material ready a couple days ago, and we have some study guides, um, some Bible trivia books, some um, Bible history books that we got at a used bookstore. And I kind of just referenced those to see if there's anything worth mentioning in the class. And one of the books was actually talking about this story, how it is an amazing just encounter with the Lord's mercy. It was really good. And that's what they chose to focus on. And I love that. And that was like from the 90s. So we've been kicking this mercy around for a little while here in the commentary section. I,
0: and you know D- David's mistake, but at the end when he repents, you see instant change in this man. Mm-hmm. And that's something I, I never really noticed before. Um we talk a lot about God's mercy. I want to talk a little bit about the consequences. It's just, it's heavy to bear. It's heavy to read. Uh, Nathan tells him, you know, what happened with David and Bathsheba. Oh, we're talking about the story of David and Bathsheba. Yes,
1: yeah, spoiler alert. Sorry, we got to agree with that. My mind I've been <laughs> studying
0: this for a few days now, so my mind's running ahead. Um, David's a, a man of war. David's anointed. We, we saw in chapter 9 or 8, I don't remember, where David went and just wiped out kingdom after kingdom after kingdom, mm-hmm. giving so much freedom and new land and ability to God's people. So David's supposed to be at war against Ammon, and he doesn't go. And the first thing you got to notice is if you're called to do something, if God has put a place on your life to do something, and laziness has stepped in, unwillingness has stepped in, pride has stepped in, and you're not doing your call, that is going to be right before your mistakes. Oh, yeah. the, the Bible tells us in the Lord's Prayer, every day lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. David was so focused on his house and his achievements and his relaxation that he wasn't focused on his biggest enemy of all, which was himself. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the great mercy and the limitless like grace of God. Yes. And what we've seen here is how God... When God calls somebody, we're so quickly when we choose something. Oh, I had a phone, chose a phone, paid for a phone. This is my phone. I'm not throwing away this phone. That phone started failing me. <laughs>
1: that, <laughs> that
0: phone was gone. I'm telling you, in like three months. Right. <laughs> uh, and that that really is too long. Uh, God, when He chooses us, He doesn't just pay a few dollars. He paid with His entire life.
1: Right.
0: You know, He come down here. He allowed himself to be hung up on that cross. I hear people say, you know, and they put him on the cross. He allowed that. Like, God had his limitless power. Mm-hmm. He allowed these things. So he looks at you and he looks at the call in your life and he looks at how much he paid. And he's like, I'm not going to throw this person away. I'm going to fight for this person. I'm going to give my all for this person. And we see that with David. So David does this horrific, horrific sin. And then on top of it has Uriah killed. So you rise dead. Nathan, the prophet, comes to him, and Nathan's talking to him about the sheep parable, mm-hmm. chapter twelve. Yes, Let's read chapter twelve. This parable. So David's like fighting mad. He said, "Okay, we're going to find this guy. <laughs> we're going to punish this guy." <laughs> Let's hunt him down. And Nathan goes, "Actually, that's you."
1: Oh, just the shock, right? He's like, "Wait a minute, what?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it hits hits David hard, and then he tells him. He says, "At the end of this." Uh, the uh well how did he say it? It was the most saddest terminology. At this point, David's married Bathsheba. Yes. But Nathan tells him Uriah's wife's child will pass.
1: I noticed that too. They mention her as Uriah's wife. And so I'm like... what
0: it was is the child was conceived when she was married to him.
1: Ah uh, Uriah's uh, wife's Yes, child. okay. So, so it's
0: timeline. a timeline title. And David's like, Oh no, so David for seven days doesn't eat and the elders are in there with the baby and they're praying and they're they're fighting for this baby's life and david's there he's fasting he's not eating and they see him there so they start whispering and the baby's passed
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they said if he finds out because he's not eating days he will surely put harm because this is the great warrior david this is the great fighter David. right so david catches on he sees the whisper and he calls them out and says what happened they said we lost the baby and they said he stands up and they said he eats Mm-hmm. And then they said, he turns around after he eats and they first confront him. They said, how do you eat like this? And he tells them, he said, you know, I, I fasted for the baby's life. I can go to the baby. The baby can no longer come to me. Right. So he said, now I got to do the right thing. And this is his cost. This is his mistake. He said, now I want to go worship God. And I thought, what a time to worship God.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like it seems so wrong, but he still understands. And he goes back to Ziglag being burnt down. He goes back to everything that happened in his life. He goes back to his past mistakes. He goes back before. God always took care of this man. And he he knew, he said, man, of all the failures that's happened in our relationships, it's always been on my side. God has never failed me once. Mm. And something I, I want you to hear today, I didn't teach this in Sunday school. But we think, Dad taught us a podcast yesterday. James may have passed, but you need to go back and pray. Mm. We put these things, these limits, like, God, if this doesn't happen, then you fail. And we're putting God in these boxes of what has to happen, what can happen, what can't happen. When there's tens of billions of moving pieces happening all around at the same time. And we only see our life. We don't see what's going on around us. We don't see the next circle and the next circle and the next circle. I challenge you today. God deserves worship because He's God. God deserves worship because His mercy. God deserves worship because His grace towards us. And then we can go into all the many blessings after that. Uh, David was so repentive after this that he was willing to worship God after one of the hardest losses a human could ever go through. And it, I think that shows... What he saw in God, and I want to see that in God, to where I understand God is really that deserving and that good,
1: right? David really never held back on the praise. I mean, we talk about after he won the battle after Ziglag, you know, was burnt down to the ground. He, you know, wrote that beautiful psalm of praise, pretty much. But um, if I could talk a little bit about what happens after that. Yeah. So after the death of their baby, um, Bathsheba is pregnant. And, spoiler alert, it's with Solomon. And also, further spoiler alert, if you've not read the Old Testament in any capacity, um, Solomon becomes one of the greatest kings of Israel. So, he, we talk about that. We talk about the wisdom of Solomon. We talk about the wealth of Solomon. It was so renowned that people would come and visit him from other places because they were like, we got to see this with our own eyes, right? Like We'll get into that later on. But we talk about all that. But his beginnings were not ideal. Deal Like, ideally, your dad doesn't have your mom's first husband killed, and, you know, all of this.
0: And if you look, David's already got, uh, I don't remember the names, but it says, and his two sons were in leadership over Israel. Mm -hmm. This was like four chapters ago. It all bypasses them and goes to Solomon.
1: It does. Uh, Mike and I actually took an Old Testament history class together when we were teenagers, and our teacher was incredible, and she broke everything down about why his sons were not kings until Solomon. Because Solomon was actually not in line, quote-unquote, to rule right from the get-go. He wasn't the firstborn. I mean, there were several between. And it explains, you know, through death, through breaking of laws, etc., etc. It was really, really interesting. I wish we could get more into that. But Solomon, you know, he wasn't really supposed to be king, necessarily. And I don't think, at a certain point, you could almost say he wasn't supposed to exist, right? Like, if the timeline stayed true... You know, Bathsheba and Uriah would have remained married, and, you know, David already had plenty of kids. You know, like, the circumstances are so weird, and they're not ideal, and they're not perfect. And I think sometimes that we do that to ourselves. Maybe not with circumstances of our birth, although I see people do it all the time. They'll beat themselves up because their parents weren't married, or they were the last child after several children. There was a huge age gap, and they have, like, a different father. Um, or a different parent, what have you, and they kind of allow the enemy to move in their life and make them feel less than. They allow him to make them not feel confident, and you're putting your confidence in, like, your physical circumstances that you had no control over. Like, I don't know if y'all got asked this, but I never actually, no one asked me if I wanted to be born, and definitely not into the circumstances that I was born into. So, you know, it's something that's completely out of your control. And Solomon, I feel like, you know, we don't get the whole, you know, inside the thoughts of Solomon, exactly, you know, he didn't record a podcast and be like, this is how I'm feeling today, you know, or necessarily we don't get to see his journal, but the Bible doesn't say that he let that hold him back, like when he became king, he asked the Lord for wisdom, which lets me think like he had a little bit to begin with, to even ask for such a great thing, but Solomon was in literally the perfect place to be used by God, the brothers before him had failed. They were not rising up to be kings. They'd, you know, done things. They had passed away, etc. Um, and, you know, Solomon did not have the best lineage, quote-unquote. You know, his it wasn't like his mother was Abigail. You know, she was great, right? Like, she was a wise woman, and she stopped all of this. No, you know, his mom was bathing on the roof. And nothing... He didn't let the Lord not work through him, is what I'm trying to say. So I think sometimes we do that maybe not with circumstances of our birth, but maybe with things in our past. Like, imagine if David had had this. He had this happen with Bathsheba, a terrible thing, right? Like, full of regret. He was very repentant, you know. And he just never moved on. He's like, well, I'm just the messed up king. You know, I'm just the this. I'm just the that. Would he have won those battles? Like, he didn't do that. He was like, okay, I messed up. And you can see true repentance. And we did talk about this in Sunday school. True repentance is always, 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 always followed by change. A lot of times people say they're sorry, and then they do the same thing again. They were not truly sorry, you know. This guy, he made a mistake, and it is never recorded he ever did this again. You know, like, he was like oh my goodness, like, and you can kind of see it even when Nathan's rebuking him, and he's ready to hunt down that guy with the lamb. He's like, that's atrocious. Who would do that? And Nathan's like, it's actually you, bro. <laughs> like, it's you. And so you see that shock. You He understands it, you know, he understands the consequences. If
0: you go into verse 13, you see a massive amount of guilt and confession from mm-hmm.
1: David. Definitely. So then
0: you read through that, and then you read the part I told you about where he's fasting. And then here's what I love. Uh, so he's repented. He's changed. And now he's re-anointed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I don't know if he's re-anointed or if anointed never left him. But what you see is he goes back to war. Yes. So before the, this is all happening in one chapter. This is in the course of like seven chapters, five chapters, three books. He goes right back to war. And he goes and he fights a king. And then he fights a kingdom. He takes it over. And they're like, David, check this out. So <laughs> the king's crown, they said it was, I forgot the measurement. But it was solid gold and it was covered in jewels. And they're like, this thing is heavy. Mm-hmm. So David destroys the kingdom, and he puts the crown on his head, and you see the anointing back on David.
1: Mm-hmm. Like he, he got was back up.
0: He got back up. He was yep. never taken. Um, he went back to war. Mm-hmm. He quit sitting at the house. He went back to his call, and he started fighting for the kingdom again. Uh, Solomon, Solomon's anointed. Solomon's going to be the next king. Beautiful, beautiful story. Mm-hmm. And this is way, way ahead. But Solomon's half brother tries to take it from him. So you see, even when you're in the will of God, there's going to be fights. So you you got to understand some fights are life, and some fights are just brought upon us ourselves.
1: Sure, natural consequences. Natural
0: consequences. You know, in His mercy and His grace, He forgives us and He loves us, but there's still some consequence. But either way, you got to fight like Solomon. You got to fight like David. Mm-hmm. And you got to keep moving on. And what you have to understand, like Jesse said, David could have sat back and been like, "I'm a failure. I'm trash." Yeah. The enemy wants to stop what God's called you to do. And you cannot allow that to happen. We only did two chapters. There was a lot.
1: Yeah, a lot happens in those two chapters. And there's some timelines, too. I mean, they had the child. The child passed away. You know, they had another child. I'm pregnant now. And babies take a while to finish uh, forming. So, yeah, there's quite a bit of time that happens in these two chapters, honestly. But I love that. That after, you know, Solomon's birth, he gets up, he goes back to battle, you know, he just, he gets up, he doesn't, you know, step out of his call and be like, I'm no longer qualified. You know, we have that kind of kitschy saying, you know, the Lord doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. But it's a saying for a reason. He does, you know, people are always like, well, I don't, I've not been to at the theological institution and got a degree, like, who cares? Good for those people that studied. You know, great. That's wonderful. But you don't have to be that person to be the hands and feet of Christ. You know, when you look at the New Testament, the apostles, the disciples, the followers of Christ were not great ministers to begin with. I mean, even the disciples, some of them were fishermen and they could be like, well, I'm just fishermen, but they didn't, they followed that call. I love that. You know, so I don't want you guys to get hung up on. And the enemy loves, loves, loves to do that. If he can't get you to sin, he will get you to feel like trash about yourself and not, and like kind of hinder the move of God. And so I guess that's what I would like to bring forth today is if you're struggling with that, release that Accept Christ's love for you, Accept that he called you, you are the perfect candidate to do the will of God.
0: Uh, no one's more perfect for your calling than you. Yeah, and that's why God chose. And you got to think God. God knows everything. He sees all. He's omnipresent. He knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. So when He called, there's no surprises. Right. And the the biggest enemy in David's life was himself. The biggest enemy to your call was you not submitting,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you're not giving it your all. David gave his all, and I love that chapter. I want to read that chapter just. On my good days and on my bad days. Where David just goes to war and just wipes out everything. When you're 100% in your call, you're literally unstoppable. Right. But then we we mess up. We have mistakes. And then the enemy's like, okay, now you're worthless. But we don't see that in God. God's like, I still see value. I still want to work with you. So we want to encourage you. Uh, submit to your call. And be, be watchful not of the enemy. Be watchful of yourself. Pray, Lord, lead me not into temptation. God, give me... All the drive and all I need to be 100% in this call. We're coming to a close here. I want to encourage you. We always talk about things to be a part of. Get this Bible course. You know, Jesse said it today when we were young. We were in that Old Testament Bible class. How much it affected us. Oh, yeah. Uh, I still think about that all the time. We need to reach out to Will. Just yeah. talking about how much that was was awesome. We, um, we want to encourage you. This Bible course is unbelievable. I was sitting right here. We worked a 12-hour day Saturday outside. And I come in. The phone rang little lady called in just to say how much the bible course has affected her she said you know i grew up in church she said i went out she said your dad in the sermon said strong concordance she said the book must have weighed three pounds (laughs) she said i got the book i got my bible she said i got a brand new bible got my name put on the front she's like i am studying and i'm loving it
1: Mm -hmm. and you
0: know this lady uh grew up in church she said read the bible the whole time she said just studying it has made it so alive and so real
1: it really does like i I've told the kids in our youth group as well. Um, sometimes we are reading through the Bible, and it's almost like there's players on a stage, and like you can see them, but the lights are off of them, and they're kind of like in suspended animation. So it's like, uh, not stale, but you're kind of just getting the story little bits and pieces. But when you study it and things, and like you read the commentaries and you understand the cultural rev- like situations that they're going through, it really does. It makes it pop and come alive. I've noticed that when. I did the read through of the Bible last year. I was like, wow, there's so many things you don't catch. And every time you read it, it feels like something new or something different. Mm-hmm. You're like, wait a minute. I don't remember that. We were talking about Solomon to our kids in Sunday school, Sunday. And David called him Jedidiah, which means beloved of Jehovah. I
0: love that. Oh,
1: I got hung up on that. That was like, I was like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. But we asked one of our kids who really loves like Samuel, first um, and second Kings. really, like, did you know that? And he's like. No, I never caught that. And he's read it. It's just, it's interesting that, you know, you can catch things in different rereads. So, yeah, I would definitely encourage you guys to get the Bible course. Most of us here in the office are taking it. I'm exceptionally behind, but well, it's really good.
0: Uh, some of the office, this is funny, have taken it once and have started it over. Oh, yeah. There's, you can't read this enough. Let's just make that obvious right <laughs> out the front. So, I just challenge you, get it 100% free. We'll put a link in the description. Yeah. Get it today. Thank you so much. God bless you. Please take a moment and like and share this. God bless you. Thank you.